Alright, welcome to Starcastic Remarks, the only Stars fan-led podcast. I'm Ryan, here with my brother Chris. We're huge hockey nuts, and we decided to start this podcast just because, you know, we see all these podcasts from media members, but you don't really see any, like, fan-led podcasts, and we thought this would be kind of fun. So, uh, say hi, Chris. What's up, everybody? Yep, fan reaction podcasts are the best because nobody knows what we're talking about and we're just going to be yelling and be angry. Yep, and that's because that's all we do, right? And specifically when the Stars don't score goals, right? So, well, anyways, uh, what we're going to be talking about t- tonight is mostly the game that just happened, all right? So against the St. Louis Blues, which was a really hard game to watch. I don't know about you, Chris, but... Uh, Overall, it was just really hard to watch. And then uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about a couple of other things, is, and specifically how to in, help the Stars increase scoring and other things they can do. And then also we'll talk about uh, tomorrow and see which of these eliminated teams is going to get the coveted o- first overall pick from uh, from the NFL, excuse me, NHL draft. Are we sure this is a hockey podcast? <laughs> Hope so. All right. Um, anyways, uh, Chris, give me your overall reaction just to the to the game today. Well, yeah, this game was overall a classic Dallas Stars hockey frustrating game. So the first goal of the game goes right in after a great start from the Stars, and it just gets all washed away. All the good feelings from the first four and a half minutes gone and out the window. Well, and that's happened numerous times too, where they've let second, the first second time shot. already yeah. just in the yeah. round robin. Just yeah, terrible. I know. It, that seems to be a it, that seems to be a thing under Rick Bonus. Is like the first shot of the game goes in every single time. Doesn't matter who's in net; it could be Bishop or it, or it could be Hudobin. It just goes in. Yep. So even then, throughout the game, we pr- pretty much outplayed them the entire game. It just couldn't ever put a puck in the net. So shots on goal, which I use as the best mark of like how a team is playing over another team. Stars in the game with 38 shots on goal, and the St. Louis Blues with only 22. So that shows you Dallas Stars are pretty much dominating the entire game. Couldn't ever find the back of the net. It was so frustrating. During the third period, I couldn't even sit down and watch. I was pacing throughout the living room, just slamming my (laughs) fist into the couch and yelling because we couldn't put a freaking puck in the net. Well, and then we finally do, I pretty much scream and fall to the ground, almost crying, just thanking the hockey gods for the blessing. I know, and I, I could, use that. I, I use that same exact analogy. I thought we were going to win in overtime. Uh, throughout the game, I'm just thinking that, you know, the hockey gods are just don't like us right now. They just oh, yeah. don't like the stars. We did something wrong. We sinned. We did something to make them mad. So I, I do have a stat to follow that up because the okay. stars over the past five years – have hit the most posts of any team in the NHL. Well, and it's most funny that you mentioned post. that. It's funny that you mentioned that because uh, who who all hit a post tonight? Uh, Gary Onoff did. Uh, Haskinen did. Uh, Pavelski did. did before, yeah, Hintz did as well. So that's at least yeah. four. There was four and, or five post hits just tonight. I know, and it's just it, – it's also a Sagan thing, and he wasn't even in the game tonight. So go figure. Yep, so – Overall, classic Stars game. I'm just happy we won one of the games. So, and overall, even though it feels like this round robin was like a super bad, like 
grindy, terrible round robin. In the end, we move up a seed. So it's a win. Like, we win the round robin because we moved up a seed. So it was overall a success for us. Right. So we it, we could only gain from this round robin tournament. Uh, exactly. Because, I mean, so even though the game felt bad, statistically and in the standings, it was only successful. Yep. You know, I'm kind of you in this in the same way. I just didn't feel like like halfway through the game, I was telling my wife, I was just like saying, um, you know, it doesn't seem like either team really wants to win. <laughs> yeah, it was really feeling that way towards the middle of the second. It just felt like everyone's gliding around. Everyone was falling all over the place. I saw a bunch of people on Twitter mentioning that. I know it was just like you know, <laughs> but. Uh, one of the one of the biggest things I noticed was, uh, and I think it was even mentioned on the NBC. Uh, I think it was on their main network, not their sports network. But uh, during one of the power plays, uh, Ben was out on the point, and he was kept pointing out to uh, Haskinen to get to get the pass up to Haskinen when Ben was literally just standing there. He, yep. he was literally just standing at the point when he should have come down, and they could have gotten that. Uh, pass across and set up a one-timer and possibly a goal. And, you know, if there's anybody that we need to score more right now, it's uh, Ben. Uh, you know, he gets paid nine, nine and a half million. I, I forget exactly how much, but it's, it's something like that. It, I mean, it's not outrageous like John Tavares, 11 million or anything like that, but still, he, I mean, he gets paid the big bucks and it, it just, and it, it just looks like he is, you know, lazy on the ice for yeah. lack of a better term. I mean, it, he, sometimes he seems to make it work for him and he used to make it work for him and it, he looked lazy on the ice and he would still score like, you know, 20, 30 goals or whatever, but it, it doesn't even seem to be really working for him right now. And I, I, I would just like to see a lot more effort just from our top guys. I mean, like where's Radulov in all of this? I mean, he's been yep. super quiet this basically this whole year other than maybe the winter classic when he scored the the goal for us to go up three two but a couple than, multi-goal games here and there too yeah yeah i mean yeah he had a couple but it, i mean he's another guy he he gets paid about six million to score goals and i know these guys are getting old but you know come on yeah that can and, lead us into our our first question of the podcast is yeah yeah who and, are who are the stars top three forwards and who should they be you know, and I think you and I both agree on this right now. Is I think our top three who are doing the most damage are probably Pavalski, Garyanov, and Hints. Um, yep. Just just looking at my notes from the game, it, I wrote down Garyanov's name several times. He had numerous opportunities. I mean, he hit the post. Hit Hints hit the post. Uh, Pavalski actually hit the post as well, and finally scored a goal with like I think twenty eight seconds left. Yep. And and, and you know those are the guys that don't get paid as much. I mean, Pavelski gets seven million, but you know, Hints and Garyanov they don't get paid jack crap compared to uh, Ben and Sagan and those yep. guys that should be scoring goals. So and, ha- and having that be the fact rather than the two the true the true top guys who it should be, which is Ben Sagan Radulov, that is not going to be a recipe for success in the Calgary series, if that continues on into that series, I don't see the stars getting past even five games 
Yeah, they, uh, Go, we're going to be out in, out in five at the best if Ben Sagan and Radulov keep playing the way they did throughout these play-ins. Well, and the thing is, is that if you're Rick Bonus, what's what do you do with uh, with, with those line combinations? Because you know, honestly, do because honestly, I'm thinking like you put Hans and Gary Onoff together, and then you know the other person that kind of uh, stood out to me today was Yanmark. Yenmark was kind of all over the ice today, and he was getting some chances. And if uh, Sagan can't keep up with Hintz and Garyanov with their speed, I think Yanmark can. And mm. honestly, I, I'm going to have to disagree the, with you with the Yanmark choice there. I saw Yanmark with I saw Yanmark with a bunch of turnovers today. He was very frustrating, especially in the early game. Uh, I would rather I would have I would do maybe Pavelski. Hint, Henson, Yanmark, and then I would put Pavelski with them at center if we can afford to take Hints off the off the center, which he didn't. He doesn't have great faceoff percentage numbers anyway. So if we can filter someone in, someone else in there, so probably Tyler Sagan, if he's fine to come back day to day, he'll be a better center option than Hints. So yep, I would have yeah. I would have Gurionov right, Hints left, put Pavelski in the center. And then to try and jumpstart the top three guys, I would just do the classic thing that worked from the very beginning since we got Alexander Radulov. I'd put those three on the line, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, Alexander Radulov. Tell them if they want to win a hockey game, that's the line that's going to do it. They've got to do what the McDavid line did. They've got to step up, score three goals, take over the hockey game, win the game by themselves. So I think we got to give those guys the chance to to step up and make the plays, and if they don't do it, then stars are going to be out for a early first round exit. I agree because there's, I mean, there's not much that we can do to jump to start the scoring. Um, the, the, well, I do need to mention first that uh, Kiviranta he had an okay game, and I mean, like you and I were talking about before we started recording, uh, he only had like six and a half minutes on ice, uh, but he did have that great uh, deflection in the high slot from Perry early in, in the game. And so I just needed to mention that, but, um, okay. So we, we, we kind of talked about it a little bit already, but just assuming, uh, Sagan is in the line lineup, uh, what other line combinations, uh, would you go with on top of the, the one that the, I guess the two that you mentioned, the top two lines, what would you do with the bottom two? Yeah. Uh, I would, of course keep the FCC line. I would like to see them get, play less when when we're down points because we're they're obviously getting played too much whenever we're down like they do get offensive zone possession time but it it never materializes into anything and then the last line i would just put dickinson yonmark and perry and he, i think even that would be a true fourth line i would say fcc would be third line yonmark dickinson perry would be a fourth line and just see what they can do because dickinson and yonmark are typically known as hard-working grinders anyway. Perry's a little... He, he's, he's a little twat. He likes to skate around the ice and piss people off, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when we first signed him and everybody was just like, oh, no, not Perry. Anybody but Perry. But we all said the same thing when they signed Sean Avery years ago, too. That was probably the worst signing the Stars ever made. Uh, but, uh, you know, as for my Stars uh, line combos... For the forward lines, honestly, I, I, I'm going to have to agree with you on most of the stuff, except for uh, Pawalski. 
Um, I, I think, I, I mean, Yamark has got some offensive potential, and I know he's starting to get to the age where it might be too late. But I think if he's working with two young guys like Garyanov and Hintz, I think that can jumpstart him. And then he can he's one of the few on the team that can keep up speed-wise with the two of them. So, I mean, maybe you put Tyler Sagan uh, with them. Did you see the cat behind me? <laughs> the cat just ran past. Anyways, um, but still, you know, that's got to be the, the line combo I would go with. I, I might even consider that my first line. Uh, at this point, and then, you know, I would probably agree with you and put Ben, Radulov, and Sagan together and, you know, just maybe rekindle some of that magic. And then, obviously, the FCC line and then the three remaining uh, guys, just keep them together as well. You'd have Pavelski, Dickinson, Perry? Yeah, that's what, that's what I would do. And, honestly, that they would be a, a good... Uh, fourth line as well that could that could have some offensive potential because i mean uh you know we've been talking about all these guys who should be scoring and stuff like that but you know perry had had a reason to be scoring some goals this year too since he got bought out of his contract with anaheim last year and uh, he hasn't done it very much and you know this could be the perfect time for him to uh you know step up and you know start scoring some goals for us because Boy, do we ever need it. And, you know, his contract is up this year. He only signed a one-year deal. So, yeah. Perry has looked better these past few games. Our Lord Savior, praise to him. So, <laughs> he has been he has been a lot better. I, he's been all around the ice. He's been playing well defensively. He's taken a couple of stupid penalties that we've seen. But overall, I think he's been – him and uh, Pavelski have really stepped up during these play-ins like they haven't in the regular season, like we hope they would have right. in the regular season. Especially but at the beginning they, of the year. Exactly, but they've really started stepping up now, and they're showing how that how that uh, that experience that we talked about when we were getting excited for this season would help. And I think now it's actually finally starting to pay off. We're seeing how that uh, how that Corey Perry and Yon- and Pavelski experience can help us out. I would like to offer some uh, some hope for the the top three guys for the Radulov, Sagan, and and Ben. Those guys. Okay. So Ben tonight had five shots on goal, and from the first game he had zero. So he's def- I think he's definitely understanding that he needs to be producing. Same thing happened with Sagan too. First game he had no shots on goal, and against Colorado he had five shots on goal. Obviously tonight he didn't play. Uh, Radulov didn't have any shots on goal, but he definitely he seemed like he was trying more. It wasn't really materializing in anything. Especially in yeah. overtime, he just needed to get off the ice. But I, I feel like they understand that they need to get themselves going at least. And the shots on goal are really telling. So Ben led tonight actually with shots on goal. Second, uh, second was Garyanov with four. But uh, yeah, I think that's some. I think that's a good indication that the stars might be, might be on the up upward tw- upward t- trend with those top three guys, and we might see some pucks in the back of the net from them. Well, you know, you mentioned you were mentioning ice time with Pavalski, and now that I'm looking at some of the stats, you know, the second most uh, or the second highest time on ice was Radulov, and he was not, uh, you know, very visible tonight, at, or I guess this, this afternoon at all. Yeah, I think I, that has to 
I think that has to do with some of the hustle that he was showing, though. He he was really banging the body on the forecheck. When he would get the puck on That's the forecheck, he was That's going true. straight to the net. It seemed like he was really he was really trying to manufacture something himself, and I think I think Bonus might have caught up on that and was trying to get him in there, trying to get him going. So, and while we're on the topic of time on ice, there, there's obviously in the Stars community, there's been huge discussion over how Bonus is not playing Gurionov and Hints. And that continues tonight. So Gurionov has a, he obviously has the shootout winner, but he also has four shots on goal. And he's only got 13 minutes of time on ice. Almost 14. Yeah, that's crazy. almost 14, which is third, fourth least on the team, which I understand bonus gave an answer around March, actually February, March as to why that is. And he's just saying that, He's giving Gurionov certain amount of shifts, but we saw I saw a stat from last game that that wasn't the case either because he got the he was tied with the least amount of total total shift numbers too, not just lower time on ice. So I don't know I don't know what's up with that. I definitely think Bonus likes leaning on the he likes leaning on his veteran guys. He's he's got. Radulov in there for a ton, like you said, even though he wasn't really producing shots. He saw Pavelski was playing well, so he keeps throwing Pavelski in there. Jamie Benn, even though he's not doing much, he was getting shots, but he's still got 20 minutes. Dickinson, too. He's got almost 17, so I don't know if we can we can get bonus to play these young guns finally. Maybe not this year, but man, four shots on goal with half the almost half the time that Pavelski did to get three shots on goal. Well, then maybe you're going to get him on the ice more. Uh, yeah. So maybe you just, you just sit there and you just double shift him or maybe even triple shift uh, Gary Onoff and hence you got to get those guys. Cause I mean, looking at, I have like two pages of notes that I made from this game and looking at the, those two names, they're on here more than any other stars, including Ben Radulovs, obviously saying didn't play tonight, but, uh, I mean, even Pavalski. Pavalski was playing well, and those were the, the two guys I noticed the most were Gary Onoff and Hintz. And, uh, yep. I mean, I mean, we got to get – I mean, you're totally 100% right. we got to get those guys on the ice and get them more ice time. Um, yeah, that, that's another reason why my line I put – I'm putting Pavelski on there with – with uh, Just because he had 24 minutes tonight? Yeah, with Gary Onoff and Hintz. Because he has 24 minutes tonight and he's – Obviously, the veteran presence that makes bonus feel good in his heart. <laughs> so <laughs> as long as as long as there is at least some guy with a little gray in his hair on the ice with the young guns, maybe it'll make bonus feel better about throwing them on the ice more, and hopefully get it, getting them just barreling up the ice because they've got the speed on the team that every other player on our team does not have. So we showed how much speed affects us in in the Colorado game that. We were completely yeah, not ready for how fast us. they were going. And Gurionov hints have that speed. And when they can get going, they can surprise defenders. You can see Gurionov, most of his goals, he's just blowing by defenders up the far side boards and just barreling it home. So if we can get those guys on the ice and just get them skating north and make bonus feel good about putting them on the ice, then I feel like we're going to get a lot more production out of them. Even because, like I said, Gurionov... 13 minutes, way less than any yeah. more, any other any other impact players, and he's got second most shots on goal. So that's well, kind of 
imagine giving him double that. Like he's going to get at least six shots on goal, be leading the yeah. team. Yeah. And you know, honestly, uh, this kind of leads me to uh, to the next question we were going to talk about, uh, and we, we've been kind of hitting on it uh, this whole discussion. But uh, what else can the stars do to increase their scoring? It can be because it, it seems like we have the defense down other than the Colorado game. I, I kind of feel like that we gave up. But, I mean, I mean, the Stars are known as a defensive team. So defense is not the problem. Obviously, the problem is scoring. How do we fix that? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the short-term answer is Gryanov and Hintz have to play. And they've got to play a lot. So we already talked about that. That's not going to be enough, though. So realistically, if the Stars want to do well, it can't just be Gurionov, Henson, Pavelski playing well, and those are the only forwards we see in the offensive zone doing anything. It's got to be Sagan, got to be Ben, it's got to be Radulov. If those guys don't get going by the end of the Calgary series, then we're not we're gonna be we're not gonna be going anywhere. The simple fact is they've got to score goals. That's what they're paid to do, and if that's not gonna happen, then we might even think about restarting the team around Gurionov, hence Haskinen. Yeah, right. And, and and you know the I think my solution for this is we got to include the defense. We got, I mean I, I know we're a defensive team, but we, we got to take more chances with our defensemen. I mean yeah, we have on, on that subject, the, Miro Haskin has uh, has an assist on every single Stars goal in the in this postseason round robin so far. And John Klingberg, who slotted back into the lineup, also had an assist on the on the Pavelski goal today. So that's definitely the de- the defenseman jumping up in the rush. And you could, I could, I could at least see in the third period, Alexiak and Klingberg and Haskin and all jumping up, even at points having three on two odd man rushes with two defensemen up there, and one forward. So yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely seeing them slide up in there and work it, work up into it. Unfortunately, it's only when we're down, which I, which I think is a another big problem that needs to be addressed. Obviously, from the Knights game, mm-hmm. but. I definitely see the implementation of the demon stepping up into the play, joining the offensive rush, and getting some production that way. Well, and I liked how you mentioned Alexiak, because you know, even though he's a big man and you know Mr. Big Rig, and he's known for his physical play and everything, he still has some offensive upside. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick, so yep. if we can, if we could include him in on the rushes, and I mean, I mean, I think that's our, our. Uh, answer to that to help increase the scoring is more defense at yeah. the defenseman especially um, out of nowhere for alexiak kind of the yeah. start of the round robin he's just he's just like stepping up and making plays happen using his hands and stuff that we never really see we always just see him throw the body around and pin guys against walls and kick the puck to the, the fast guys but he's really finding a way to get up the ice use his hands really buying into the demon getting up on the rush which he he's got some nice hands that we've seen. So he had a shot on goal this game as well. So seems like he's really buying into the defenseman coming up and getting onto the rush. And you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned joining the offensive rush because uh, one of my biggest uh, things that was frustrating me about this game is that we had numerous opportunities to go on the and get on band rushes. There was a chance we had like a four on two and there was a couple of 
three-on-ones and a couple of two-on-ones. And, and in some cases, the Blues have a a couple of good plays and a couple of good defensive plays. Uh, but there are just some instances where they they should have realized it and then gone on the gallop and gone. And go, I mean, because honestly, as a team that does not score very much and we sit in our turtle shell and we, you know, hold on to the lead when we can, we have to take advantage of those sort of opportunities. Yeah, I think I think we definitely see those as the game progresses too, because you get that urgency. It's not like oh, if I go and it gets a quick turnover, they're going to be heading the other way. It's we got to go now, or the game's going to end. We got to score. I think that's where some of it. Where earlier in the game that doesn't happen, where later in the game it does. We need to find a way to get that going from the from the get go, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Now Miro did. Uh... He did join the rush on several occasions, and he was doing what Miro does. But I'd really like to see Kleinberg do more of it too. Um, I, I really wish he would just get involved a little bit more. And uh, I, the one thing I did like that the, the, all the Stars did is they did uh, shoot the puck, like you said. They, they had, what, 38 shots on goal is what you said? Uh, Yeah, 38. Yeah, 38 shots on goal. So, so I'm sure that was one of the – talking points for Bowen is talking to his team, letting them know, Hey, we got to get some shots on net. I mean, it's got to happen. So, and, you know, honestly, at this point when we're a, a team that's, you know, really hungry for goals and we're starving for goals, just take everything and throw it at the net and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I, they were doing that tonight. There were several uh, sharp angle shots. I mean, even from the very beginning in that first minute, uh, I think it was Ben had a, had a crazy sharp angle shot that looked like it had a chance to go in. So yeah. I, I actually I didn't notice it, but uh, but Miro Haskinen actually led the team in shots on goals tonight with six. So I apologize to him. It wasn't Jamie Ben. Jamie Ben had five, so he's second to Miro Haskinen, who has six, who definitely jumps on the rush and when he gets the puck and he's got an open lane, he's taking the shot. I think we've definitely seen. Miro Haskinen throughout this season, throughout last season, throughout these playoffs. Miro Haskinen, he is our guy for the future. So I think we need to keep riding him throughout these playoffs. Keep letting letting him do whatever he wants with the puck. Get out of his way. Let him go score. Yep. All right. Well, so we kind of talked about the game and what we can do to help increase scoring on all that jazz. We talked about line combos. All right, uh, let's look forward to tomorrow, all right? So before the, all this play-in series and all the stuff happened, the craziness is of the NHL draft lottery, uh, the first overall pick is going to one of these teams that was knocked out of the play-in round, and that includes two, uh, both five seats, so both uh, Pittsburgh and Edmonton. Uh, who got knocked out by Chicago and Montreal, respectively. Um, they're open for winning the lottery and getting uh, Alexei Lafreniere. And then you've also got the Predators, the Rangers, the Wild, uh, the Panthers, the Jets. And then finally tonight we found out that the Maple Leafs got knocked out by Columbus, which, by the way, go Columbus. huh? First Tampa Bay and then uh, Toronto, two juggernauts back-to-back years. Um, but anyways, so who do we not want to see get the first overall pick out of those teams? 
like and there may be more than one because i don't think there's honestly a a good answer to this because any of these teams i would not want to see the number one pick go to any of them because they're because they're honestly not that not that bad they they might have just had a bad series with you know with covid and all the other stuff going on so um anyway uh what's your answer to that yeah specifically for the stars i'm thinking about the impact that Lafreniere can have if he goes to a Western Conference team specifically. I don't want that first overall pick going to either Edmonton or Winnipeg. So Edmonton, they're they're pretty much just getting carried by McDavid and Drysaddle right now. We saw that in the Chicago series, right? McDavid's right. doing everything he can to <laughs> pull the team out of the grave. He's still not strong enough to do it. And I'm afraid one more. So Lafreniere has the potential to make Edmonton have forwards number one, two, and three if he's really as good as people are saying he is. So I think that would finally be enough to be a terrifying combo. And the Jets, they're overall just a well a well structured team that just this year doesn't have enough talent to put the puck in the net and defend at the same time. So they got the well, great the great goalie in, in Hellebuck, but I think Lafreniere could really add some spark to that team that they haven't really had since uh, moving from Atlanta, really. Well, and then in Winnipeg's defense, they did lose both Wayne and Shifley. So yeah. they lost two of their top six forwards. And um, they had some resolve in game two in their series where they came back and won the game. But it, it just seemed like in in game three, in the third period, it, they just looked totally dejected. Yeah, they- they got both and, their arms cut off right now, so yeah, no, no and, shock in them losing. You know, and then there's uh, there's constantly the question that I'm seeing on uh, social media is like, which Canadian team is going to win the Stanley Cup next? And you know, honestly, I think that uh, Winnipeg is the closest, assuming you know the teams that are in this year don't make it. I mean, you got Patrick Laine, you got Mark Shifley, you've got uh, Blake Wheeler. And then you've got basically a. I think he's going to win the Vesna, uh, Connor Hellebuck. Uh, honestly, the way he played this year, and I think the only reason why they were even close to making the playoffs was because of Hellebuck. And there was a lot of talk around the Jets with their defense this past year because they got rid of Tyler Myers, and then you know the whole Dustin Bufflin thing where he he decided he didn't want to play anymore, and then uh, they kind of downgraded but you know their defense at the beginning of the year it it was kind of rough but uh towards the end especially around when covid was happening it they were doing pretty well um yeah jets are definitely scary especially being in the stars division they've always been it's always pretty much been blues stars jets for me is how i thought about it with the preds kind of just floating up and down in there depending on how they felt that year yeah Jets are definitely definitely scary, but I think I still think it's Edmonton that's got the highest chance of getting to the cup just because you get one coach in there that can just teach those third and fourth liners to just check hard and defend the way the stars do. It's going to be a flip switch, and they're going to be like almost unbeatable if they can well, get a good coach in there. Well, they've got Dave Tippett. Is Dave Tippett, Dave Tippett not a good coach? I mean, he's he's considered one of the most structured coaches in all of uh, in all of hockey. He doesn't have a good so, record. Just 
Just saying, from the Stars to the Yotes to now Edmonton, yeah, that's not much true. success in those teams. <laughs> so well, yes, he's t- he's considered a good coach, but that doesn't he doesn't have the the rings to prove it. So yeah, I guess it's true. So um, honestly, who do I really not want to see get the first overall pick? Um. It's got to be one of the one of the five seeds. It's either Pittsburgh or Edmonton. It, it's just with Pittsburgh. I mean, can you just just think about this for a second? You've got Sidney Crosby, you've got Evgeny Malkin, and then you've got Alexei Lafreniere. That would be how, awesome. <laughs> how freaking ridiculous! <laughs> no, well, they're in the Eastern not. Conference. We only got to play them twice. Okay, give us two extra losses. But like, other than that, <laughs> twenty twenty already. So just continue on with the maximum chaos. So we don't know who gets the first overall pick. <laughs> then the best team who lost, who should have been in the playoffs, who isn't, now gets the first overall pick. That would be perfect. That would be a great way to continue on with this 2020 season. Well, and in then my you, opinion, and then <laughs> that would be amazing. Look, and then even even when you look at Edmonton, you've got you've got Con, uh, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and then Alexei Lafreniere. Yeah, probably on three just, different lines. I was like, oh my. <laughs> Can you imagine all three of them on the like on a power play unit together or something like that? Yeah, that'd be terrifying. Oh, that would that'd be terrifying <laughs> as a as a penalty killer. It's like, hey, Como and Foxa, go out there and defend those three guys. Um, Not happening. But you know, honestly, when you look at any of these, it, it, I, I don't like the any team that it, that he goes to. Uh, it looks scary. I mean, when you yeah, when you well, we can easily we can easily say first of all. Mainly, we don't want them to go to a Western Conference team. Yes, because <laughs> that's like, who we're playing. That's who yes. we're playing first. So East is better, but yeah, definitely don't want to see him going to the Oilers or the Jets. Well, I mean, when you think about like, all right, so like for example, the Predators. So I mean, the Predators they still have, uh, they still got Roman Yossi. They've still got all of their top six forwards there. They've got uh, Ryan Johansson. I guess Kyle Turris has kind of fallen out of that, but. Um, I mean, you still got Vic, Victor Arvidsson. You still got Philip Forsberg. I mean, these 30-goal scorers. And then you're going to add like Alexei Lafreniere on top of that. Yeah, um, I definitely think whoever he goes to, it's going to be an immediate jump at least into being a being a play, a solid playoff team, maybe even jump them up into contender. So Predators had a bad season this year. If they can figure it out next season, add Lafreniere, then – automatic cup contenders if he's a if he's as good as these scouts and that are are saying he is yeah, same thing with the seen. jets same thing with the wild same thing with the yotes honestly pretty much all those teams if they can get a 30 goal scorer added to their team if they if he's, if he's really as good as everyone's hyping him up to be then i think that's an automatic jump into easily a playoff team but you know, honestly, after Pittsburgh and Edmonton, that that wasn't even my choice. Honestly, you know who my choice would be? Who is it? The the freaking Maple Leafs. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're already an offensive juggernaut with you know I got John Tavares and Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews, William uh, William Nylander, Zach Hyman, and then on top of that, you're going to add Alexei Lafreniere. I mean, that's six players right there. I mean, they already spent over forty million dollars for the top four guys, and you know, honestly, if if you know if you're Toronto and you get that first pick, um, you obviously can't pass on 
Alexei Lafreniere and go with somebody else. That would just be absolutely uh, dumb, in my opinion. But maybe you get him and then you flip him for, you know, for a defenseman. Maybe like. Or you uh, get him and you flip one of your older guys for a defenseman. Yeah, I mean that too. Yeah, that's. I mean, th- they really need some defensive help on that back part. Okay, yeah, so I'd we- like to see him go there just to help out the Maple Leafs. I really feel bad for those guys. <laughs> 50 years without a cup and it's the co- it's the hockey capital of the of the universe and they can't they can't find a winning season they can't even get to the playoffs right now cuz I don't count these playing rounds as a playoffs I'm saying they missed it again so yeah. I feel bad for them I can only imagine how sad that fan base is <laughs> Well you know one fan base that is actually probably really excited is uh, Arizona Arizona won their play-in series, and they're actually in now too. So, that, I mean, that's that's got to be big for Arizona, especially for Taylor Hall and Phil Kessel, and you know, especially that's almost like a, you know, a, uh, you know, we hate you kind of thing to John Chenka after he left. But uh, all right, anyway, so we talked about the teams that we really don't want to see get the first overall pick tomorrow, but. You know, out of out of these, uh, how many teams is it? Eight. Out of these eight teams, who do you think needs that first overall pick the most, or who do you think can benefit the most from it? I think the team that can that can benefit the most from it is probably Carolina. Wait, did Carolina win? No, Carolina. Yeah, won. yeah, Carolina. Yeah, Not Carolina. Carolina. Well, so, so here. here Here's yeah, your options. You got yeah, Pittsburgh. I know, I know. I just forgot about Carolina. Oh, okay. I just like okay. Carolina. They're my Eastern Conference team. Yeah, it's a, uh, but- it's so the I think the Rangers can benefit a lot from them. I think they're they're knocking on the door of being a contender or or a playoff team. I mean, not a contender. They're knocking on the door of being a consistent playoff team. I think I think they they would have I think they would have gotten it by the end of the season. I think they would have made it in. So I think I think some extra scoring would help them out there and i think the other team that could really benefit from it is uh it's either the preds or the wild honestly i think the wild if they if they get that one more one more score i know they've been just adding scores and trying to see it work out but if they can get a quick jump like that a quick little shot of morphine into the arm i think that could shoot them up <laughs> i think it could <laughs> i think it could really make him dangerous morphine finally so- we're equating Lafreniere to morphine now. I mean, yeah, the Wild are like cap crazy. They got freaking <laughs> old, terrible guys. Can't do anything anymore. Sounds kind of familiar. They're just a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, probably just not as uh, not as talented as uh, as our stars team, I think. But uh, you know, honestly. It, it, this is kind of hard for me to choose. Who who do I think probably needs it the most? Probably the Wild, honestly, because uh, they could they could restart over. I mean, they just got uh, Bill Guerin, you know, former Dallas Stars member, uh, as their GM, and uh, he could, if he got that first overall pick, he could start building that uh, a new team around Alexei Lafreniere. And, yeah, that I mean, is the challenge. It seems like the Wild like. Like, this was supposed to be their final form after their most recent rebuild, right? Like, they're right. kind of building up, and they kind of – they ended with this, and they're like, oh, oh no, this isn't this isn't what we wanted. Well, <laughs> that's they, where <laughs> – I mean, that's where Zuccarello went. 
Yeah, they just, that's what I'm saying. That's, they just slob Zuccarello in, see if that will fix it. It's, yeah, it's just, just so like a melting yeah. pot. Oh, let's just throw some cinnamon in that broccoli ch- and cheddar cheese soup or whatever. See, yeah. see if just, it tastes good or not. It's just not working for the wild since that uh, since that crazy deal with uh, – oh, I don't even remember. What was that two-man deal? You know what I'm talking about. Y'all like know Carolina? what I'm talking about. No. The Carolina, the, Vist- the Victor Rask deal? or I don't know. The 12-year deals, y'all know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, oh uh, Ryan Suter and yeah, Zach Yeah, those guys. Yeah, the 12-year yeah, since, deals. Since, since they... those deals, the franchise has just been <laughs> demolished. <laughs> it hasn't been able to – It's it's been like the stars were in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the 10s and 12s. Just always barely out of the playoffs, can't get in. Now, who who do I think could probably benefit the most out of the getting Alexa Lafreniere? Um, I'm I'm gonna go with two uh, uh, two East Conference teams, uh, the Rangers. I mean, the, the I mean I think the Rangers were like seven and three uh, before COVID shut everything down and the world started ending and zombies started coming and murder hornets and all that jazz. Um, and then you know, I mean, because the, they got uh, Mika Zibanejad who just scored forty goals. They've got um, they got Artemi Panarin who. I think he's a, I think he's for the Hart Trophy for the yeah. season MVP. I think is is what he, he had is. A great season, earned his contract. Yeah, he, nah, the, uh, you know, speaking of eleven million dollars, he, he definitely, you know, yep, worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, the Rangers got their got their money out of him. Um, and then also, I, I think the team that could benefit the most was the Panthers. I mean, uh, we talked about all this year, uh, you know, among. And not just the stars, uh, fans and media, but just media around the country that uh, the Panthers could make a run for the for the cup because they were talking about how Sergey Bobrovsky and they just signed him to a huge huge deal and that he was going to be the missing piece and everything and then you know it it, it just never really materialized this year. Yeah. I mean, they I, got, feel like they, the, I feel like the Panthers in the Wild are kind of like parallels in the different conferences, right? They're yeah. like they, they're always building. It always seems like they're rebuilding, and it feels like this was the year for each of them to to step it up and become that next level. And they just haven't been neither able to one, find the yeah. guy to do it. Yeah, neither one did. So, um, I I still think the Wild need it the most, though. To be honest with you, I mean they've got all those old guys. They've got, uh, like I said, Zach Parise. He's in his mid thirties. So is Eric Stahl. And now, don't get me wrong. Eric Stahl has been great for the Wild when he came over, and he's he was a uh, thirty goal scorer two years ago, and I think he scored about tw- uh, in the high twenties this year. I'd have to look it up and see, but and yeah, I mean, you know, these guys are not getting any older or any younger. Excuse me. And I mean, you when you think about Zuccarello as well, he's thirty two, I think. So uh, it's kind of like they're the, they're the stars in a way. They just but the difference is they just don't have any of those. Uh, those young guns that the stars have. I mean, we've got Garyanov and Hintz and Haskinen, and you know, uh, the Wild don't really have anybody like that. So, if I, I think the Wild would probably benefit the most out of uh, getting the first overall pick. So yeah, I'll make my final choice as the Rangers. I think they were on the upswing when the season stopped, and I think they're going to continue to keep going up as soon as they can find their solid defense and they can 
solidify a goaltender in their net. I think they're they're going to be on the upswing. I think that could even jump them into a cup contender easily. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the, the Rangers looked real scary uh, before COVID shut everything down. I think they would have made the playoffs. Uh, it's unfortunate what happened to him, but um, Carolina, you know, they deserve to go on. They they, they beat him single handedly. So, all right. Well, we're getting pretty far in, and it's getting pretty long. So, uh, you got anything else to to add, Chris, before we sign off? Uh, looking forward to the to the Calgary series. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a. a more offensive team against a defensive team. I think it slants in the Stars' favor more than the Canucks would. So I'm looking forward to that and ready to watch some hockey on Tuesday. Yep, me likewise. Uh, uh, we will probably do a podcast tomorrow, uh, hopefully with our, our brother Zach. He's the one in between us. Uh, I'm the oldest and Chris is number three. So – we're, uh, we'll do, probably hopefully do a podcast tomorrow where we'll talk about, uh, you know, we'll, we'll know at that point who gets the first overall pick and where uh, Lafreniere is going. And then we'll also talk about uh, the Star Series with against the Flames. And then we'll also make our uh, predictions for the rest of the series and we'll see how it goes. This, is, this has been a really interesting uh, series, you know, just with all the play-in series, both five uh seeds have lost i mean chicago i don't know if you you've watched chicago chris but jonathan taves and uh duncan keith look like 2010 uh jonathan taves and duncan keith it's really scary scary yep if if you're vegas that that i would be a little concerned um but uh we'll make those we'll make those predictions on the next edition of starcast after marks uh thank you for tuning in And uh, you can find us uh, wherever you get your podcasts.